Black Tie Optional is a podcast about people who have figured out how to make a great living doing what they love. We share stories about the highs, the lows, and what pushes them daily to achieve their dreams. My name is Philip Benz, and welcome to Black Tie Optional. You ready to do this thing? Yeah, dude. All right, man. Alan, how are you doing today? Good, good. It's, uh, what, Tuesday morning. I'm feeling good. So first things first, man, the easiest question I got for you, what's your name, uh, where are you from, and how would you get started in all this? All right, so I'm Alan Hardison, and uh, we're from Fremont, North Carolina. It's actually where we put the first concept of the holistic company down in a town of 1200. So that was a fun little challenge. But um, me and my wife got started in the holistic company uh, out of desperation for some answers for me, really. So I'm diagnosed with cluster headaches, which is a physical side of what I've struggled with. But... Um, there's some mental a- aspect as well. So I'd say mental illness has played a, a factor in my life. With the desperation, the cluster headaches, that take you to a pretty dark, scary place. Because those things happen more than one occasion, right? So I'm also in a one percentile range um, of how severe it is. So I'm in the chronic. There's chronic and episonic. Episonic would be like a seasonal thing. Very easy to know most of the time when and where they're coming uh chronic is just what it sounds like it could be random there is still cyclomatic patterns so if i have one at 11 p.m tonight there's a good chance i'm gonna have it at 11 p.m tomorrow night because they call them like alarm clock headaches sure exactly so it could be the same time every day or the same time every third day or so they'll they'll find a pattern and they'll get it but what mine like to do that's different from a lot of other diagnoses is if i get that 11 p.m I may be on a every three day, 11 p.m., but then I'm going to throw in a 4 p.m. And then it may be every other day. So every third day, 11 p.m., every second day, 4 p.m. So, yeah, we, just out of desperation, uh, getting in a dark, dark, dark place and knowing I need to come back from that with a uh, six-month-old child at the time and newly married and uh, I knew I had a lot to live for and, there's when you look up cluster headaches there's very minimal suggestions of western medication that can help um of which a lot of those medications are destroying the body in other ways and western medication you're Um, talking about like like, conventional pharmaceuticals that we think of right so my wife suggested one day we were sitting on the couch and i was literally just crying just what do i do because i want to be happy in my life but this ailment won't let me and uh, she was like maybe you should try weed and at this point we were not living in this in the world we're living in now right this was 10 years ago almost and cbd wasn't even a thing at that point so i was forced to go to the black market and break laws uh i didn't feel like at first i did at first like so i had a little bit of experience with weed when i was younger uh, but most of the time when you're younger and you're exposed to it, it's somebody else introducing it to you and you're not having to go find it very often or whatever, right? But It's not like a recreational type of thing? Where- yeah, exactly. I didn't have a real relationship with the plant. It was more of a social thing and we were all growing up figuring out things. But then as a grown man going back to the plant, uh, it was a little terrifying knowing that like, what if I get caught with this little cart? 
we realized it was helping with the depression and anxiety if I medicated appropriately. Like, that took a while. It took two years of smoking myself into a deeper hole at times and realizing, whoa, okay, like, because there was there's no textbook, right? There's You had to figure out the dosing on your own. Exactly. What helps you exactly. and stuff like that. And then you're talking about black market products that aren't labeled 20%, so I know how it's going to affect me, right? And then there's no information on what that means either. So then this market came about, and I was using cannabis pretty heavy at the time, and we decided to make a run for it. And we've learned so much and helped so many people at this point uh, that we just keep pushing to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And that honestly has nothing to do with the money. It's just uh, I know where I was at, and I know that I found relief and quality of life. And with my wife's background in studying and what she would bring back to me and educate me and what I was seeing real world, helping me and helping other people in our first year of business, like we've just built a wealth of knowledge that we can really apply specifically some things to help you out. Now, tell me a little bit about uh, the background before all this, because uh, you, you were talking to me about it before. Uh, you were in the timber industry. Yep. Uh, so tell me how you got started in that, like where where all that stuff came about. So I actually, I always, I always enjoyed the outdoors. Um, and originally, I wanted to fly for the Forest Service because of actually uh, some antidepressants I was on. I had to just kind of step aside from flying in that pursuit of aviation. But at that point, I'm enrolled in the forestry program in Wayne Community College because I wanted to take both of those avenues. So I stayed there, and I started work for a guy that uh, showed me a lot of things for about two, two and a half years, and that come to an abrupt end, and I kind of screwed around for six months because I had made some money and wasn't really prioritized on living the healthiest lifestyle i wasn't going too crazy but it was just like i'm, I'm gonna do what i want to do for a little while but i waited until there was like 12 dollars left really you seem like the type of person that you've always been like i want to work for myself yes i knew that early on honestly so when i was young i, I worked starting at like 12 years old even younger than that trying to hustle up in the neighborhood some money but i knew that was an itch for me uh, that I needed to scratch. And then as I started taking jobs, uh, it always bothered me that upper management didn't care about the business that I was working in. They were collecting a check. They didn't seem to work as hard as anybody else. And I realized right then and there, if I was gonna be caught working for somebody, I was gonna be closest to the top as I could and be better than what I witnessed. And that last job, I worked my ass off for that guy. He really hurt me in a big way, and I decided I'd never work for somebody again. I was just be broke or not. Now let's kind of fast forward back to the Holistic Company. So 
Um, you know, you made that transition from the timber world to the Halissa company. You and your wife kind of started this together. Um, so where are we at now? All right. So we started in Fremont downtown at 1200. First thing I did is, uh, it was my timber office that I converted, right? Cause we already owned the building. Building been locked up, needed re renovated. We went in there, cleaned it up, freshened it up. And the first thing I did is slap a marijuana leaf sticker on the window. Uh, it was actually my Beards and Blossoms, my grow company logo. Boom. And as I was working in there, people were knocking on the door, upset, driving by, hitting the brakes, peeping the horn, whatever, and telling me how they felt about a marijuana leaf sticker. And I was like, well, if this offends you, you're going to have a lot of problems in a couple of weeks because we're going to have a whole dispensary of sorts here right they were upset about it but when they realized it's the same guy we've known for 30 years he's no different now we just know this about him and then that's also six months of miss ruth coming in and really correcting her arthritis issues and going to church and telling people uh, y'all can say what you want, but my man helped me in a big way. I can get up and down out of bed. And I was looking at going to assisted living. Now I'll probably get to die at my own home, you know. And you hear little things like that. That doesn't sound like a big deal, but that's huge for me. And the community starts responding really well. Now, before you just slap that sticker up on the glass, uh, I mean, what, like, legal stuff do you have to, I guess, go around, stuff like that, because... It at the time and even now, it's still an illegal product, but you guys aren't selling marijuana. Sure. Yeah. So at the time, I had a grow license, but there was no nothing you had to do on the retail side. Currently, there's still nothing, just proper business license and, and deal with your community, your town, business board, as well as make sure you pay your sales tax and be a proper business, right? Um, we have to have proper paperwork that shows what each of our products are. Um, but there's many loopholes in the system, right? So we used to have only CBD and the flower had to be less than 0.3% Delta 9 THC, which is THC in its decarb state. For the last couple of years, been able to access Delta 8, which is just simply another form of THC where it's double banded on the eighth strand versus the ninth strand in that molecule chain right so it reacts to the body very similar there's all kinds of the thc's that were not are not illegal and were not specified in the farm bill that they are illegal so the farm bill specified that specifically delta 9 thc which is its decarb form is the only illegal substance so anything outside of that is federally legal okay now certain states like colorado have come in and said we're going to ban delta eight uh virginia's working on similar style legislation florida just on the other hand protected everything that the farm pills protects and still has a successful medical program so it's like the wild west but we're able to sell thc flour all natural flour uh but it's a thc a, which is this acetate state pre-decarboxylation. So um, you're looking at 
you haven't released that hydrogen molecule on the end of it that allows your body to process it, which happens when you catch it on fire and or put it in the oven, de decarb it like you would. This is how all flour works, right? We just have to make sure that that Delta-9 is lower than a 0.3%. And so there's not a total THC law in three states there are, but we're not one of them. And so we have hemp that's federally protected by this bill that's really not much different than what you know is marijuana. I would assume there has to be some stress in the back of your head, like every single time this debate gets brought up, especially like with the lawmakers and the politicians and stuff like that. Am I going to have a business next year if this bill passes or if this bill gets declined or this or that? Tell me about that. Like, does that ever stress you out at all? And that's what they've done in Virginia. Um, and I'm fighting emotion right now, honestly, because what we've done for people here and at our other locations is important not to lose. And I think there's us and a few other companies that's really trying to take this approach. Um, but this is this is how cannabis needs to be handled. Now, do we make mistakes? Are we getting it wrong in aspects? Sure. Are we going to be a Fortune 500 company? Probably not. We don't care about any of those things. I don't care about the mistakes that I make as long as we can recover from them and continue to help people. I'm four and a half years into this thing unpaid. Don't care about the money. It's the testimonies that come back to tell me, hey, I'm no longer suicidal, or hey, I no longer have to go through life depressed, or hey, I can walk again without pain. A child that was uh, molested and, and had a lot of issues, bedwetting and psychological issues and behavioral issues, and nobody knew what the issue was. They started taking a TDC-free gummy, and within a week, I think, the kid had opened up about what had happened, stopped wetting the bed, and became part of the family instantly. This was a seven-year-old child that would go to her room and lock the room at night just to be away from everybody because she was in that much pain. And that one little gummy allowed her to open up to a therapist about the situation. And What do you have to say to people that um, they basically call bullshit or like this, this does not work. Cannabis does not do anything. I don't have anything to prove, brother. Like, I know I'm alive because of the plants. And I know people have told me they are no longer suicidal because of the way I introduced them to the plants. That's enough. That's enough. If I'm here and even one other person has ever told me that they didn't go that route, I've done my job. What do you find most rewarding about what you do? Just that. Hearing people tell me that I've made a difference because I've been there and my wife couldn't help me. My kid couldn't help me. My string couldn't help me. You know, like, I was just there by myself. And uh, the plants weren't all of my healing, but they were 
everything at the same time. It's, without those, I wouldn't have made the any of the progress. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to make the progress. It's kind of like the story of that little girl you were you were talking about, where you kind of opened up that door, yeah, to actually get the help you needed and stuff like that. What advice do you have for someone that uh, is wanting to open up their own business or get into a market like this? Um, what advice do you have for them? I always encourage people to try to go after it on their own. Like I even have conversations with my employees every day. What does it look like to work for yourself? Just in case it doesn't work out. That way, hopefully, they'll have that influence and can go get that freedom elsewhere. So I, hopefully they stay around, right? But if it doesn't, maybe I, in a way, help them out as well. But advice would be just do it, man. Don't be scared. And I think what people mess up the most is as soon as it gets uncomfortable or as soon as it gets really uncomfortable, they quit. And it's going to get really uncomfortable unless you're just a freak and in a really niche thing, it's gonna get really uncomfortable a lot because you're gonna to have to make difficult decisions. You're gonna to have to put lines in the sands on just gonna jeopardize relationships. You're gonna to have to fire people. You're gonna to have to take financial risk. It gets difficult. You just gotta do it and then you don't give up. That's 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 the thing, right? It's like we we live in a world that it's okay to give up, and we just pat everybody on the back, it's like man, good try. But it's like me and my wife have been in in situations in, in real life, and things get tough in a relationship. It's like I'm not giving up on this relationship. That's not an option. And just like I'm not giving up on my business. So instead of giving up, you got to fix it. I guess sometimes that's not, sometimes it just gets so ugly that people have to give up. But that's when you'll see me give up is when I don't have a choice. I think if more people just fought through the uncomfortable aspects of running a business, we'd have a lot more successful people. So I think you just got to, no, going into it, it's going to get uncomfortable and be prepared for that. Because from the outside, everybody thinks it's beautiful, right? It's like, oh, this guy works for himself. He makes plenty of money or whatever. They don't have a clue what any business owner deals with on a daily basis unless they've done that very role. Your business looks different than mine. My business looks different than Sub Dogs or Scullery or, or any of these people around us. And we can learn from each other, but ultimately, unless I'm walking in anybody else's shoes, I can't say that they've got it made. And I think people should give business owners that grace and then know that going into starting a business and say, hey, this is going to be tough. It's not always rainbows and butterflies, but I'm not going to give up. Before we wrap this up, uh, one thing I always ask everyone whenever I do this podcast is um if you were to go back and you know mentor an Alan at the start of the holistic company or even in your younger years, uh, what advice would you give yourself? Would you change anything? Um, you know, just imagine you're sitting right next to yourself. 
I don't know, man. I think I just tell him go for it. I wouldn't want to ruin the experience for him, me. I wouldn't want to tell him the nasty things that are coming because then it just scared the shit out of him. And he might not learn the same things he learned from him the first go around. So, yes, do I wish things were different at times? Yes, but was it all in an educational opportunity? Also, yes. So I think I would just tell them, good luck. You should do it. Watch out, but you should do it. And let him figure it out all over again, honestly. Real quick before we wrap things up, what's your name again? Where can we find you? Uh, where your store is at? Uh, any, anything that we want to add about the Holistic Company? Yeah, so uh, Alan Hardison, uh, me and my wife, uh, are starting a franchise in Fremont. So we got Fremont, we got Smithfield location, and now Greenville location. Come see us at any of those. We have an online store, theholisticco.com. Uh, you can find us on all the social medias. And we got Facebooks as well. And so just the holistic company. Awesome, man. Well, it was good talking to you. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I appreciate your time too, bud. Thanks a lot, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and thanks so much for watching. For more on Black Tie Optional, subscribe on YouTube by hitting the notification bell or follow us on social media. Black Tie Optional also streams across all podcast platforms, so the next time you're in the car or at the gym, look us up by typing in Black Tie Optional Podcast. Again, thanks so much for watching and listening, and until next time, stay motivated.